in heaven. That song's as good as any song that's ever been written. Jesus, you're all I need. I want the world to see that you're all that I need. Father, may that be our heart's cry. To love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Derek. Wow, good jobs. Good job, kiddos. Man, excellent, excellent. Well, 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 well done. <laughs> well, our VBS team twisted and turned very, very well this week. We're so thankful for them. A lot of things that, uh, you know, went this way and then went that way and then went that way and over there. And uh, yet great, great flexibility. And I'm so thankful for all that they have done. Here's what we went through. We, you know, I'll remind you of it. On Monday, we talked about Jesus is holy and that changes everything. As God called Peter and Andrew and James and John from their being fishermen to fishers of men. The great work that God did in moving in their hearts as they made a career change, a second career, and began to serve him in a powerful, mighty way. On Tuesday, we talked about Jesus is trustworthy, even when I doubt, as Peter walked on the sea, Matthew chapter 14, and he gave it. Jesus said, come, and he came, and he walked, he walked on that water, and then the doubt came, and he saw the wind, and the fears were all around him. And yet Jesus was right there with him. Jesus didn't abandon him, just didn't go anywhere else. He's right there to reach down and to pull him up, you see, because Jesus is trustworthy even when I have doubts. And the difficulties and twists and turns in life, and just sung about that. And we're going to sing that song that we just sang at the end. Keep it in your mind, because it's such a good song. Wednesday, we talked about Jesus is forgiving even when I sin talking about Peter and his denial, and then Jesus restoring him in John chapter 21 at the lake, the fire, picturing where he was that night when he denied him, and the three times that he asked him, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, stay with me, John, he, Peter looks over there, and he gets distracted again, he sees John, but what about him, and Jesus said, don't worry about him, you worry about me, you follow me, I'm all you need, follow me, stay with me. Stay with me. On Thursday, Jesus is worth following even when it gets tough. As Peter and James, Peter and John are in front of the, the, the religious leaders and things are difficult and they're arresting them and they're saying, no, we have to do what God wants us to do. We want to follow him. That's what matters. And there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. What a beautiful thing. As they stood up for him even when things were tough. And lastly, we said, Jesus is for everyone, including me. For all our kids, for all our leaders, for you today, for the parents that were here. Over 300 people were here on Friday night together and to be a part of what God did. What a tremendous thing that Jesus is for everyone. And he's for you too. And if you haven't made him your Lord and your Savior, today's the day to do that. Admit to God you're a sinner. Be, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for you. And see, confess your faith in him. Say yes to him. The most important decision you could ever make. That's what we went through in Vacation Bible School. It's a great week. We averaged 165 kids. Oh, come on now. You can do better than that. Come on. Wow. Shoo. Okay, I know you're tired. Hey, you think we're tired? <laughs> we were here all week. You got to sleep in or go to bed early. We, Man, leaders did a great job. 66 leaders, average for that. They deserve a hand, too. 
this year that we've never had on Friday. We had more kids here on Friday than we had any other day of the week. That never happens because people go camping, they get sick. We had 175 kids on Friday. We had six or seven new people registered. Yeah. Woo! Man, it was just unbelievable how just God just did this great work. So, so we had the Operation Christmas Child. This is our missions project. And our, our project is this, is to collect money for these boxes to be filled by Samaritan's Purse. Because these boxes are going to go to places that they have to be very careful about what they put in there. They're going to places where kids are in a war-torn place. They're in a place of drought and famine that we can't get to. And so they're going to, $25 a box is what will take place. Samaritan's Purse will fill them for us. And then they'll send them out, as they do in every situation. They send them to churches. The churches there are trained in how to give them out. The gospel is in each one of them. What's it called, Judy? The the greatest journey. The gospel's in there. So every kid will get that. So since 1993, 209 million kids have received boxes in the gospel. Isn't that amazing? 209 million kids because we have filled them up. Here's the church. We filled them up here. Uh, other churches are doing that. 209 million kids have got the gospel. That is so exciting. And so we were a part of that. Uh, they collected right at $1,250 for that to be able to send those out. So that's 50 boxes that will go out from Vacation Bible School throughout the world into this di- these difficult places, and they'll get the gospel. They'll get some fun things, too, but they'll get the gospel. Man, we are so excited about that. So $1,250 was ended up given. So give them a hand. Man. Now, uh, we also, I think, had a first in a long time, too. The boys won the giving contest. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't usually happen. Usually the girls win, but the boys won the giving contest, uh, let's see, by um, $11. <laughs> uh, and I don't think anybody, you know, came through at the end and said, hey, I'm going to make sure the boys win. I think they were very, very fair. Um, as I shared on Friday night, one little boy asked me if I'd put in $100 to help the boys. And I said, I can do that, but I'm not going to do that for you. So I didn't do that, all right? So uh, we're grateful for that. So thank you so much for your offerings during VBS. When you give in, BB- in, in Sunday school, that goes toward financing uh, VBS. So thank you so much for that. We have plenty of money to be able to do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And your prayers and your support, um, it it was just so good. You brought craft things, you brought um, snack things, and uh, it was just a dynamic, incredible, incredible week. So especially to our leaders, thank you so much for your serve. You just did such a great, great job. Thank you. All right, so um, starting a new series today, as we said, Do You Know Me?, Men and women who are not well-known in the Bible, but have something very important to say to us. So uh, I'll be preaching on Jabez next week, the prayer of Jabez, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. Uh, Terry Schwartz will be preaching for me on the 26th, as I'll be taking my mom to a reunion, her aunt, her um, every year, every other year family reunion in um, Iowa, and uh, sharing together with her. So today's one of my favorite characters. His name is Epaphras, and he's found in the book of Philemon, he's booked in 
found in the book of Colossians. Only mentioned three times, but he's significant, very, very significant. And here's what he's characterized by, according to these three verses he mentioned in. We're going to talk about that today. You see that as Paul writes these letters, he's giving testimony to this man and what God has done in his life and what he's going to do in his life. And people are, they're making, they're making record of you right now too. Someday they will testify, maybe at the service you have at, when you're passing, but, but people are right now are testifying about you, just like they testified about Epaphras. And so we're very, very grateful for what God is going to do. And as you think about that, what do you want people to say about you? What do you want people to say about you right now? That's what we're going to learn about Epaphras. So in Philemon 23, it says this, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, in Christ Jesus sends greetings to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, sends greetings to you. Now the book of Philemon is written to about Onesimus, a slave who's run away. He's come to Christ. Paul's giving testimony about that. Philemon, you need, you need to accept Onesimus back. But he mentions Epaphras because Epaphras is in prison with Paul. Probably around 61, 63 AD, first imprisonment, Paul in Rome. And Epaphras is there in prison with him. Colossians was written about the same time. Ephesians was written about the same time. Again, 61, 63 A.D., somewhere in there is penned, as Paul pens these books. Now, this is the reason that he's in prison, because he's boldly preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's boldly preached the gospel of Christ, just like Paul had preached as they were teammates together, as they were on mission together, they boldly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news, the good news, right? That Christ Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and then he rose again on the third day. That's the gospel, the good news that we share with people and that Paul was sharing and Epaphras was sharing. And because they preached it, he's now in prison. The good news is that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be what? You shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That's the good news. And that's why they're in prison. Sharing together what God did, boldly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's a, a fellow prisoner with Christ. And what God has done in their lives is they're, they're in prison. You know, and in today's day, living boldly for Christ and preaching the gospel of Christ is quite possibly opening the door for you to be persecuted. For you to suffer in the same way. I don't know if you know this lady. Her name is Isabel Von Sprout. She was recently arrested in Britain. She was on a street near an abortion clinic. And she was praying. And the police came up to her and asked her if she's praying. And she said, I might be in my head. And they said, we're going to arrest you. Praying silently in a place where she could pray. She was in a protest zone, but she wasn't protesting. She was only praying silently. And they arrested. That's the world we live in now. 
Oh, oh, did I tell you she got arrested twice for doing that? It didn't stop her. She knew she's doing the right thing in the right place. That's our world that we live in. Boldly living for Jesus Christ could cost us. It could mean suffering for us. And that's what Epaphras is experiencing. With Paul, because they boldly preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know. We may be there someday. We may be there someday. But it's worth it. Following Jesus is worth it, even when it's second thing we know about Epaphras is we go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 7 just as you learned it from Epaphras our beloved fellow servant he's a faithful minister on your behalf and he's made known to us your love in the spirit it's believed that Epaphras brought the gospel the good news to Colossae there to be able to start this church the letter that comes to us by Colossians, by the name of Colossians, but for the city at Colossae, that, that Epaphras brought the gospel. He founded the church that was there, and he's considered the, the spiritual father of the people as a faithful minister of the gospel. What a beautiful thing to know that he's the one that, that shared together and that God used him to start this church, and we get this beautiful letter that, that comes to us as four chapters. They're so moving in our lives and helpful in our lives to help us follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We're so thankful for him. We talked last week a little bit about the call of God. Most of you are not going to be full-time professional ministers. Some of you have been. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for all of you. But most of you probably won't do that. But you know what? Your life isn't over yet. God could still call you to do that. To say, this is what I need to do. I, I want to serve the Lord, and this is how I'll do it. And we know in our day and age that many are doing it bivocationally. Kind of a little bit like Mark is doing right now. Being an engineer, but still ministering and still serving alongside his wife. What God's called him to do. They were doing that in Egypt and Jordan, too. Using the gifts and skills they had to be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. God still may be calling you to that, and to that serve that's before him. And that you could ask him, God, is this what you want me to do? Because we know Paul and Epaphras were bivocational. They were co-vocational. And they did tents, and they ministered to people as they did. It's a privilege for me to not have to be, to be that way, to be fully supported. And I'm so thankful for your support, Pastor Elisha, in the same way. But the fact is, God could still move in your heart, and he could still call you to the ministry and to serve in many different ways for him with the gifts and skills you have, because those gifts and skills can be used all over the world with what you've done and how God has equipped you to do the ministry that he has given you in, even in your job. Matter of fact, last Sunday, uh, one of our church members told me at the door, as I preached on that, talked about the call of God and the ministry God could do, he said that, He's at the point where he's considering time to retire from his job so he can devote more time to his ministry. Yeah, God's moving. God's encouraging and strengthening. And certainly, you don't have to be a minister to minister where you're at in your neighborhood 
in your job, in your school. That's the places God has sent you as a missionary, sent me as a missionary to be able to give the gospel. But what a beautiful thing about Epaphras, that, that he's a minister, but he's also, as Paul sees him, he's a faithful minister. One who's done a good job of loving people and caring for them and being a part of their lives. Well, Colossians 1.7 also says this, Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. He's made known to you his love in the Spirit. Colossians 4.12 says this, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, he greets you. So as I think about him, first of all, he's a, he's a prisoner for Christ. And then he's his faithful minister for Christ. But, but it also says of him that he's a, a fellow servant. And, and I like that thought. Not just a minister, you know, some highfalutin guy, you know, that's, you know, using it and, hey, you know, I'm the minister, listen to me, da-da-da-da-da. But, but no, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a fellow servant in his church, a fellow servant with Paul, a fellow servant to the people that are in the Colossian church that he helped found. He's not lording it over them with his authority. No, he's right there with them being a part of their life. He's been a valuable servant on Paul's missionary team sharing together the gospel in Rome and the other places that they've been. It's a, and I really, really like that. As he thinks about him as his faithful minister, the one that started this church, the shepherd of the people, but he says he is a servant. He's not lording it over that family, living out his call, but he's living out his call as a leader servant, the way we like to describe it. as a leader servant the Colossian church family. You know what? That's a, that's a characteristic that's needed in every ministry. And so my brothers are here today. They've served that way, and they've served that way in the, in the body. As a servant, yes, we, we have a kind of a very, kind of a privileged position to be a pastor, maybe full-time, but, but it's not to lord it over. It's not to, you know, be an authoritarian. It's to be a servant with you and to serve and to love you and to care for you and to be loved by Thank you so much for how you do that for us here. We're so grateful for that. So, it means so much to us in serving with us and loving us that way. But I think this, a minister of the gospel should be able to say, I'm part of this church family, and I will do what I need to do to take care of all who are part of this family. I'm a part of this church family. And I will do whatever it takes to take care of this church family. Now, we are just one person. We have limited time, certainly, too. But that's, that's our heart. That's my heart. That's Pastor Elisha's heart. That was Pastor Simon's heart. We're a part of this family. We want to do whatever we can to be able to benefit as a servant, to be a part of your lives. But you know what? That's your call, too. That's your call as a member of Majestic Baptist Church. To say, I'm a part of this church family, and I will do whatever it takes to serve this body and to help them grow in Jesus Christ. You know why? Because we're all called to do that. We're all called to be servants. Amen? A little hard getting that out of you, but it's coming. We're all called to do that. We're all called to be servants. Saw it this week. Saw it this week. Yeah, I brought him back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. You're incredible.
incredible serve. Hard work you put into it. Everybody contributed. But especially those who are here every day. Loving on our kids. Loving on the parents as they came. Those of you who came on Friday night to help us out, thank you so much. A lot of good conversations were had on Friday night. Thank you for all the people that, that brought the snack things and the craft things for us. And all of you who prayed for us this week, thank you so much for that. Thank you for the cleaning team that came in every day afterwards to clean and to make things look better. Let's wipe up the spills and everything else that had taken place. Thank you so much for that. It means so much to us. But you said, I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this body. And I'm going to do what it takes to serve and help out and to make sure the Lord is honored and lifted high. Thanks for the ones who've made the snow cones and the popcorn and the hot, cooked the hot dogs and cared for the people and set up the bounce houses and took down the bounce houses and helped the kids get up there and be a part of what God wanted to do this week. But what? Thank you for the ones that will go to camp. Elisha and Jamie. Serve our kids. Go to bed at mid... I mean, go to bed at noon. <laughs> and get up at nine. I mean, it's a tough day, right? Thank you to all of you who have done that. Thank you for all of you gave to make those kids be able to go to camp and to help them out. Thank you for saying you're a part of that. It's going to make a difference in their lives. It made a difference in my lives years ago. And will in those kids' lives, too. Thank you. Thank you to all of you who teach Sunday school. And a part of that, to say, this is my serve. God's enabled me. He's gifted me. Thank you for that. It means so much to us. And working in Awana clubs throughout the year. Thank you so much for that. You guys that greet and love on people, the safety team, security team. Thank you so much. You've heard God's call. This is where I can serve. I'm a leader servant. This is my church. This is my body. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to minister and love on people and to care for them and show them Jesus. Thank you for that. My prayer is that next year more of you will join with us during Vacation Bible School. That you'll hear God's call to participate because you could because you could participate with us to be able to do that. You have the time, you have the ability, you have the gifts to be able to do that. God's enabled you to do that, and next year more of you would join with us, and more of you join our Awana clubs and disciple our kiddos and love on them and serve in the places that you could serve here because God's gifted you. He's given you spiritual gifts. He's given you heart and passion. He's given you abilities. He's given you personality. He's given you an experience to be able to share together the body of Christ, to share the gospel right here among us. Join with us. Be a part of the team. It's your church. It's our church. And we're only as strong as we all gather together. Everybody in? All in, right? We need that. Every church needs that. Because it's so important because God has gifted you to be able to make a difference in people's lives with your gifts and skills. Epaphras, although a minister, although their shepherd, the one who started the church, although it's said of him, he was a fellow servant, a fellow leader servant, loving on the people, saying this is the body that God's gifted us with. I'm going to serve with them see the gospel go forward. Fourth thing about it. Chapter 4, verse 12. Paphras, who is one of you, 
a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling, wrestling on your behalf in his prayers. The ESV says struggling. I like the NIV translation better, wrestling. Struggling kind of communicates, well, it's a struggle, but wrestling means I'm in it. I'm right there with it. Always, always wrestling in prayer for you. Always wrestling in prayer for you. Now, this might not be the type of prayer that Epaphras was engaged in, but it is humorous. Tom Rainier, who is president of Lifeway, our resource curriculum center for many years now, does his ministry, serves as a pastor. He tells a story that when he was about four years old, he was in church and sitting with his brother, and his brother was, you know, kind of teasing him, giving him a really, really hard time, and, you know, that kind of gets you into trouble. Parents notice it, and his dad grabs him and takes him out, starts to go back out through the aisle, and tells him, you know, we have to deal with this, and as he's going out, this little four-year-old screams out, hey, dear people, pray for me. picture something that I can't say in that as he's getting taken out by his parents, right? Pray for me. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the kind of prayers that uh, Epaphras is praying, but it worked really good maybe for Tom. I don't know. I think he's probably wrestling in the lines of what Samuel says in 1 Samuel, verse 12, 23. Samuel says this, As for me, far be it from me, that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. 1 Samuel 12, 23. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. I think that's a path for Wrestling in prayer for you always. It's a great privilege to pray, but it is a wrestling. As you know, and as I know, every morning as I get up to wrestle in prayer for you, as I did this morning. I have to admit, I slept in on Saturday morning. <laughs> I didn't wake up until 5.30. It's kind of nice to wake up and there's always sunlight going on. And then I had to make a decision about when am I going to pray. Because by 5.30, I usually have about most of my prayer done. I just got up. Spent my time. I had to finish it yesterday evening because I didn't get all the way through it. But I'm going to wrestle in prayer for you. And I know your needs. And you're wrestling in prayer for me, and I appreciate that so If you're going to be a man or woman of prayer, like Epaphras, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you sleep, but who needs sleep anyway, right? It's going to need to be a priority. Ah, but who needs priorities anyway? you got other things that are more important. The tyranny of the urgent, right? What's the most important thing that I could do? 
the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping. I didn't make this up. read this somewhere years ago. The average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping and 11 years of their life watching TV. I'm sure the average Christian has time to pray. You think about it. To make time to always be wrestling in prayer for those around you. But nobody prays for his friends. He's one of you. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. Nobody prays that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. That you stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. His prayer is not bless them, not help their hangnail, not that he passes his English test. Important prayer, but spiritual prayers. He prays that you would stand firm in the will of God and that you would be mature in that and that you would be fully assured in that. A spiritual prayer for those that are part of his flock and caring for them. May they have a strong and powerful walk with the Lord. Not just get by, but they be powerful for you. Following closely to you, Lord. This man's devoted to prayer. He's a prayer warrior, we call him. And he's a good man to have as a hero and to imitate. So just a couple thoughts. Make prayer a priority, my friend. It's the only way you're going to get it in you make it a priority in your life. Pray without... Yeah. Because in the spirit of prayer, keep praying. You know, we have a group of people who come on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Saturday. We didn't do it this last week. Well, we did a couple days. But... friends, if you have people who will pray for you, could you take the time to fill out that connection card and give us a prayer request? You have people who are coming early in the morning, who've made it a priority, and sometimes we have 12 requests. There's 125 people here today. We want to pray for you. Please take the time to fill out that connection card so we can pray for you. It doesn't cost anything, but 45 seconds. Please, take the time to do that because you have people who have made prayer a priority. And maybe you could join with us. We'd love to have you come join with us. Others are turning off the radio while they're driving and they're learning to pray because it's become a priority. Others of you are learning to pray while you walk because it's become a priority to you. You know that this is really important. We students and kids, you're praying for your friends that they might come to know Jesus Christ and pursue Him. They're going to learn more about prayer even this week as they gather at camp. Some of you, listen, could you take on praying for these kiddos? Please, pray for them and the leaders this week. It'll take you some time, yeah? It's worth it. Again, you don't know them, but God does. God knows what, exactly what they Pray that they would stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Pray for them. Please, 
take that on this week. Take on praying for the Petersons. Have a tremendous ministry. Great newsletters that they put out. Be a part of their team. Support them financially. Reach out. Be a part of their team. It's worth your time and your priority. Second thing is this. Make prayer a priority. But third, secondly, invest lots of time in prayer. I've given you this quote by Ian Bounds, a man who wrote on prayer. wrote about 12 books on prayer. He said this, The men who have most fully illustrated Christ in their character and have most powerfully affected the world for him have been men who spend so much time with God as to make it a notable feature in their lives. They spend so much time with God that it makes a notable feature in their lives. He unbounds. And then he goes on to say this, to be little with God is to be little for God. But put it in the, the positive. To be much for God means you'll be much for God. To be much with God, you'll be much with I got a feeling that Ian Bounds might have been talking about Epaphras. He said, so much time with God is a notable feature of his life. Three times it's mentioned, and one of them is, he is a faithful prayer. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That's a notable feature of his life. How beautiful. Because he's spending so much time with God, he's much for God. D. Duke, man who prays two to three hours every day says this, the missing ingredient in most churches and in most Christians' life is the volume of prayer. Not loudness, but the volume of prayer. Really taking time to pray. Write out your list. Set how many times you want to pray a week. Give yourself a time. How long you're going to, when you're going to meet, when you're going to pray, how long you're going to pray. You write out a list. I can just tell it. It doesn't take long to pray for 30 minutes got it written. You know where you're going. You're praying for these things. That will help you. A.C. Dixon said, when we depend on man, we, can get, we get what man can do, but when we depend on prayer, we get what God can do. And in a quote that kind of maybe comes from James 4 too, it says, you don't have because you don't ask. I, re- I read this years ago. The halls of heaven are lined with the answers to prayer that were never prayed for. The halls of heaven, now this isn't in the Bible, but I think about it. The halls of heaven are lined with the answers to prayer that nobody ever asked for. You don't have because you didn't ask. Ask. Go to God with the needs you have and the needs of people around you and see what he does. Lastly, I'm going to encourage you, as I always do when I talk about prayer, there's this card to pray for your kiddos, your grandkiddos, people around you. 31 biblical virtues to pray for your kids. They're back there in the track rack by the coat room over there in the back. Praying for your kids. Today I prayed for my kids, my grandkids. Love and faithfulness will be bound around their neck. Let love and faithfulness never leave my children, but bind these twin virtues around their necks and write them on the tablets of their heart. Proverbs 3.3. Great way to be able to pray for your kids. Lastly, about Epaphras, Colossians 4.13, the next verse, let's talk about him always wrestling in prayer. It says this, For I bear him witness that he has worked. That he has worked. There you go, it's up there. <laughs> for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis, cities that are around Colossae, 
again, you know, they had this letters would go to the various churches that were there. They would share those letters. That, that was significant to me. He's not a loafer. He's a minister, shepherd, leader of the church, but he's a servant with them, and he's worked hard. Paul says, gives testimony that he's worked hard for the body of Christ there. Now, I think that it, when you look at a man who has been a bold preacher of the gospel, and he's in prison, he's been a, a faithful minister, a fellow servant, and always wrestling in prayer, I think you'd probably say with me, dude, that guy's a hard worker. <laughs> that guy is a hard worker. See, people are going to give testimony to you. They're going to give testimony to me. Even now, they're doing that of us. And I think these five things would be great to be said of me and to be said of you and to be said of us as a church. We're bold to preach the gospel of Christ. We're a faithful minister. However, God has called us that call upon our lives. But where we serve and with whom we serve, we can say of us, we're fellow servants. And it could be said of us that we're always wrestling in prayer for those around us, that we would stand firm in the will of God. We're mature and fully assured this relationship with Jesus Christ, and that we are hard workers for Jesus Christ and His gospel and His good work in our life. So how to be, well, I, Epaphras, finish up with this. I hope you know Epaphras just a little bit better now. <laughs> maybe have read about him, never thought about him, but now you know him just a little bit better, and I hope that you want to grow and keep growing and be more like him. So I'm going to ask you as I put these five things up on the screen. I want you to go and bow your heads right now. Maybe you need to look at these. Would you ask the Lord right now to help you grow in boldness? To be a faithful minister and call of God on your life? To be a fellow servant? To be one who is honoring Him in a prayer life? to be a hard worker. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying, would you ask God to grow you in those areas? Because we want to be more like Him. So would you just take a moment and silently before the Lord and just take those things to Him and ask Him to show Him where you want, He wants you to grow and how He's going to